If you're an attorney that struggles with getting home in time for dinner or taking a vacation without your cell phone and your laptop attached to your hip, or maybe you just can't figure out why you don't make more money based on your education level and the service that you give to your clients. Maybe you're an attorney who wonders, why can't my law firm operate without my constant presence? Or finally, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I wonder if I can ever retire from my firm. Maybe I'm going to have to work right to my dying day, like so many other attorneys before me have done. Well, hi, my name is Richard James, and I created EA Nation so that you could learn how to build a law firm that supports your lifestyle as compared to undermining your lifestyle. EA Nation stands for Entrepreneurial Attorney Nation, and we join together with other like-minded entrepreneurial attorneys to unpack the secrets to how to do just that. And I want to help you build your law firm better one system at a time. So without further ado, let's get started with this next episode. Welcome everybody to EA Nation. Uh, we are in this month's interview with an expert call. Uh, my name is Richard James and this month we're gonna be talking about this idea of, do you hate social media? I mean, have you gotten to the point where you just are sick of social media? I know I have personally, um, I don't even like to have social media on my cell phone. I don't have, uh, I, I, I don't use it on the computer. I'm just not a social media individual. I don't go out there and organically put posts on there any longer, whether it's because I just got overwhelmed by the feeling of guilt by not saying thank you to everybody who wished me happy birthday, or I just got sickened by the political environment over the last year, whatever it is, I don't have it on my phone. However, social media still remains the number one lead source in our law, pardon me, in my consulting firm, and it remains the number one lead source in many law firms that I work with as well, not only for generating leads, but also for uh, nurturing unconverted leads, as well as just creating relationships with their community and participating with their community. And oftentimes, these social media campaigns are run by other companies. And today we really want to talk about how to properly use social media in your law firm to attract leads, to nurture community, to convert the unconverted leads so that we can actually have somebody else do it besides you. So we won't go nuts from social media, we'll actually use it to our advantage. So while I don't, you know, you couldn't go on my cell phone and actually find social media listed on here. It's not going to be there. Uh, like you can't find Facebook logged in, but that doesn't mean, as I said, that it's not a valuable asset to me. And so we're going to be introducing our guest who's an expert in this field, uh, and she really knows how to manage social media organically. She's built her company around this, uh, and so we'll talk to her about that. And so without further ado, let's break into this idea of using social media marketing in a way that doesn't drive you crazy and actually drives your business. And so we've got with us an in, our in-house expert, Erica Merrill. Uh, she's with Perfect Legal Video. And, and Erica has really figured out how to not only use video, but also just organic social media management to help you manage that presence that really in today's day and age is required of a business so that you can stay in touch with your community. Erica, can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. And boy, I was getting a little nervous there at the beginning of your intro. <laughs> right? I hate social, social media. media, right? <laughs> Sorry. I know I know it's near and dear to you, but I just like I just can't do it. Even though, even though, Eric, I will tell you that I am sitting, you know, at at night at my dining room table. I'm sitting in a chair that if it weren't for social media, I wouldn't own because my wife, when we moved into our home in North Carolina could not get any of the furniture stores to actually sell her furniture and deliver it to her because they're all backordered on everything. So she went out Facebook marketplacing and found all of our furniture, right? Oh, which, awesome. Yeah, which I thought was great. It's like luxury at a discount. So I actually have a chair to sit, sit in uh, because my wife went out and used social media's power. So, so listen, social media has its place. It's a wonderful tool. It's just not something that, that I use personally. All my friends and family think I'm on there because we advertise on there like crazy. So they assume I'm on there, but I'm not. Like I, I don't see anybody's pictures or their updates or their posts. And yet it produces the highest revenue for our firm of any other lead source that we have. So it works. So let's let's talk about, why don't you tell, a little, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and who you are, and then you can break into your slides and I'll just follow along and ask you some questions. Okay, and I don't want you to feel bad because 
there are plenty of attorneys that I work with that start off our relationship with really hate video and are, I really hate social media. In fact, I, I just had one start with me a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Attorney Scott Stewart was like, I just hate it, but we have to do it. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, we'll make it as painless as possible uh, and make sure that you don't have to spend any time doing this and that you look great. And that's really the big thing. Um, so most of you know me, I've, I exclusively work with Richard James attorneys. And uh, I've been doing that for, I think, at least four years or somewhere around four years now. Uh, but prior to that, I had a relationship uh, for a couple of years with Richard James through doing his LinkedIn um, email marketing. And so that was a really great lead source for him. And when that changed uh, with LinkedIn and they changed the rules, I had to find something else I love to do. And uh, so I created perfect legal video and, you know, videos can be used 10 different ways in the marketing. And although I wrote a course on it, several courses on that and social media, attorneys just weren't doing it because they all hate social media. So I expanded into social media to help them just launch all of the content that we have. And, and we're able to turn that also into infographics and uh, you know videos and other different types of posts. And we make sure we hit holidays and we're gonna show you lots of examples today. You know, I, I tell you about Erica, there is a message in that, right? So uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, so the attorneys that are on the call today traditionally would consider themselves entrepreneurial minded attorneys because that's who we attract. We typically repel anybody who does not see their law firm as a business. So they happen to be, they are a business owner that happens to offer law as their business. Uh, you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. And at times in an entrepreneurship career, we have to identify opportunities to pivot. And so there you had a macroeconomic change like the primary medium you used in LinkedIn to generate leads for your clients and generate revenue for your firm changed. By no uh, props, fault of your own, they just decided that they were gonna change the game. And so you had to decide to pivot. And what I find with law firms is that they there are required periods of pivots in their life as well, um, depending on macroeconomic situations that happen, laws that change, rules or guidelines that change, lead sources that no longer work, lead sources that are working better than others. Whatever it is, they have to learn to pivot. So being nimble and you being willing to make that pivot and go into a new direction to find another way to serve your clients and help them get value in their businesses, kudos to you. So congratulations on that. Speaking of that change, that's another really important thing like Facebook and social media, they change the rules all the time, don't they? They do, yep. And that's why I concentrate on organic. <laughs> yeah, because organic isn't really subject to those rules. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, you can post things as long as they're appropriate. And if you can optimize those and have your contact information up there, have a call to action, um, you know, have tags on there, then your organic uh, content is going to perform, perform better than most people's. Yep. At Patrick McBurney, you asked me, how did LinkedIn change and how do we fix it? How did it break and how we fix it? The answer is, uh, it broke because it didn't let us do what we used to do, which is send messages a certain way and get open. So it was like one of our lists uh, and, and we didn't fix it. Um, we weren't able to actually go back to fixing it. I had to hire somebody in-house to do a whole bunch of manual labor over and over again to make it work. And that's the only way we get LinkedIn uh, to work. Much of what, you know, um, yeah, yes, sure. Erica's team does for you through Facebook and other mediums. We're doing, we had to figure out how to do with LinkedIn years ago, um, but it's just manual labor. There's not, there's not a lot of systems or automation you can put into place. You just have to do it manually. So uh, Erica, back to you. You want to start sharing your slides and walk people through what you have to share with them today? Sure. Absolutely. Let me find it. We already brought it up once and here it is. Okay. Is there it, it is. Good. You see it? It's beautiful. Yes, All right. <laughs> All right. So here it is. It's uh, what should attorneys post on social media to stand out from the competition? Now, you probably have noticed people do post occasionally on their business page and they have the best of intentions, but then 
they get busy and they drop off. And you know, sometimes people just don't know what to post. I have a client who left me during COVID. She'd only started for a couple of months and now she just posts pictures of herself and her team, which is really nice, but she doesn't really mix it up. And so what you'll see here is that we mix it up and we are constantly adding new types of posts to generate more interest. And uh, we just started doing cartoons last week. And uh, that's tricky because comedy is always tricky. <laughs> comedy comedy's hard, period. It, so it, are you going to talk to us at all about the difference between organic and paid? Is that, is that part of what you're going to talk to us today about? Or can I ask, should I ask a question about that? I mean, we can, we can look at it. Let me look at my first slide here because I know it's got... Yeah. It's got some good explanations. There we go. That's a great idea. Yeah, let's do that. Finding a little automation there, a little animation. Um, okay, so this is what most people see. I'm going to put this down here so I can actually see the entire slide. All right. So usually with social media, you've got most people have blogs. Most people have, well, not most people. Most people don't have video, but some people do. And some people have articles here and there. And not everybody has testimonials. And, and if you're not using testimonials, that's a that's a huge miss. You're you're probably missing out on hundreds of thousands of dollars with just testimonials. And I do have a slide on that later. Um, you know where you put social media. You can put it, uh, you know, website. There's five different major social media platforms. Um, we've got email campaigns. You can use a lot of the same content there, and you can use a lot of the content in ads. And so I do have one little word here for ads. I don't focus on it. I think that um, it takes a little bit to get paid ads right. And I just was never interested in, in doing that. But the people that know how to do it are, are great. And I don't compete with those people. A lot of times they can even use the content that I make for the ads. And yeah. so I know you've got some great people doing that already. Yeah, for sure. But let's, I don't want to, I, I, I'll unpack that more in a second. Let, let me let you finish explaining your slide here. And then I've got some questions I want to ask. Okay. Um, and here's some of the places that most people don't post. Some of the things that most people don't post. They don't usually post inspirational quotes. I actually had an attorney come up to me at the last event and say, I think that's stupid. <laughs> honesty but it you know and, and it may not be for everyone and some people might think it's hooey but I have to say a lot of times the inspirational quotes with with your branding on it they get some of the highest comments and people like to be uh, you know uplifted during the day uh, by what they see on social media so it's it's nice to mix it up with a little more than just education on law and and some pretty tough topics that are out there when it has to do with law. So we like that. Um, testimonials, uh, we have a couple different ways we post testimonials. We can just do a stagnant post um, that is beautiful and has your, your branding on it. Um, we can also do uh, testimonials of where we videotape your actual client and we can edit that and make it look good. Um, but we also have a way that we started doing about six months ago where I just use my own B-roll video. I have, you know, gorgeous B-roll clips that I can use. By B-roll, I mean, it's it's a, a shot of, you know, maybe it's a shot of some wildlife or maybe it's a shot of a clock ticking for time or, you know, there's just so many different things, but it's just, it's just sitting there and I can add beautiful music to it. And then your testimonial will scroll over it, or I'll, you know, maybe I'll also do the stagnant one and that'll be on the right-hand side it, it, along with the video. So there's, there's a few different ways and we're very flexible about how we do that. Uh, we do weekly expert interviews with some of our clients. And so just like we're doing here today, I would take this, I would edit it, and I would put it up all over their social media and I would optimize it on YouTube as well. And then vlogs are just, if you're just doing a, just a straight explanation of a frequently asked question or something like that. Um, and then the infographics are the newest and those are great because, you know, most people don't have time to read a whole article. Uh, some people don't have time to watch a whole video, but we can make a very succinct, um, in social media post, and it's it's beautiful, it's eye-catching, but it gives out the right information. So, you know, what are the steps in the chapter seven bankruptcy? Um, you know, 
there are plenty of definitions of sure. legal terms like qualified immunity that's up in the news lately for my criminal attorneys we've posted that um you know there's just a lot of great things you can do in that area and and not many people are doing it yeah um, so so i think if i if i can just interrupt you real quick so we had a couple of comments ron drescher i agree with you ron um you know um it's the it's no i'm not gonna get crude but dan kennedy has a joke about somebody who's says that the sex was bad and it's because you're not doing it right well yeah if you think there's something wrong with inspirational quotes on using on social media it's because it's not being done right um so here's the here's the thing about what erica just laid out for us so i want to put it into my language real quick which is you know the borrowed language that we've always talked about from dan kennedy is this message media market match triangle right so if we have a uh, we want to have the right message using the right media, getting to the right market, and we end up with this perfect triangle. And when we get that triangle, we maximize uh, traffic, we maximize conversion of that traffic, uh, and we maximize uh, lead flow and minimize typically uh, cost per client acquisition because we're able to convert through what we call the perfect client lifecycle. But so when you look at what uh, Erica just laid out, we've got the content, blogs, videos, articles, testimonials, that's the type of content. So that's the message, right? And then we have the media. So the media in this case was websites, social media, email campaigns, uh, and ads based on what you're talking about. Media also, by the way, is TV, newspapers, radio, direct mail. There's lots of different types of media. In this particular case, she's talking about internet-based media. And inside of that, we're talking about social media and the five different major social media platforms that you use to put your message out there. So you have your message, you have your market, or pardon me, you have your media, and you have your market. And your market is your desired target market. So I have a question for you, Erica. Uh, as people are using social media differently, whether it be LinkedIn or Facebook or others, uh, there's the opportunity to develop groups of like-minded individuals that are having a conversation about a common theme. Do you get involved with supporting or posting inside of attorneys groups that they may have formed? Is that something that you do? Is that something that you uh, know about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we absolutely can do that. As you know, when I did LinkedIn, we it was all about groups. Uh, we, we, we were emailing into groups, but we weren't posting content. Right now, I post on attorneys' personal and business pages. Some people don't want certain things on their personal. Some people just want it on their business. That's fine. Um, if somebody also had a group, it would be very easy for me to go in and post all of this content in there. Yeah, and the other thing about social media and the power of it is that it helps further identify, you know, when you do organic correctly, and, and post to your business page and develop likes and things, the folks in the paid world who have a necessary place in our overall marketing strategy and, and tactics, um, the person, the people in those places can use the data and use the connection of your organic uh, business page posts and groups that you have to start to create groups that are attracted to you already. So like-minded groups and will help them hone in on the reach of people who would be interested in talking to you about what it is that you do. So again, message, media, market, match. It's really what we're talking about here. The other thing I think that Erica said that was super important, whenever we talk about, like, let's say a newsletter, you know, if, if a firm is gonna come to me and say, hey, I wanna put out a newsletter, what should it be about? Well, a newsletter should be where I see most attorneys make the mistake in, in a lot of their content, uh, their social media posts, as, as Erica was talking about, and things like newsletters, is they do like 90% legal issues and 10% non-relevant legal issues. That's like, um, I, I, all of this stuff should be seen much more like a Tupperware party. I know I'm dating myself, uh, but if you've ever been to a Tupperware party or you've been a, married to a spouse, your mom ran a Tupperware party, you know that what happens at a Tupperware party is you don't come in and start selling Tupperware as soon as you walk through the door. What happens at a Tupperware party is every, the host has everybody in. They usually have some sort of libation, drinks, food, snacks, whatever. There's just light talk and chatter amongst the people who are at the Tupperware party. 
and and then what happens there is some form of presentation but usually like the Tupperware party is supposed to be designed so it's 70 to 80% non-relevant content, meaning you're not trying to sell the Tupperware. Only 20% or 30% of the content is supposed to be selling the Tupperware. So the same truth holds true here, which is in social media, and Erica, tell me if I'm wrong, but really we don't want it to be all about business. As you said, we want to be able to have non-relevant social like you know relationship like building content 70 to 80 percent of the time and only like 20 percent of the time putting out their very specific legal topic type type of conversation would you agree with that i absolutely agree and um, you and i have a, a mutual friend in sean buck and i know a lot of people know who he is and yeah. You know, I've read his book and I've heard his presentations. And and honestly, when I was thinking about how I wanted to do this and what I wanted to post, I thought of that same exact thing. I mean, the newsletters are not just about the law. It's nice to have some up and coming things. It's nice to be able to have your finger on the pulse of the changes, especially now with the pandemic. But people need a break. <laughs> and so when you have other things on your uh, your page that are non-related, or you can make it a little more palatable by, you know, making it look different and, and more enjoyable than normal, um, than just a, a regular blog, um, you know, then, then I think you're winning. Cool. So let's get to that final quadrant you have there where you talk about consistency, where the magic is, what's this all about? This is where people usually fail. <laughs> people, I'm doing something that people could do themselves if they wanted to, for right. sure. And that's, you know, we're here, we're gonna have a teaching moment. I'm sure some people are gonna walk away and say that they're gonna try it themselves. Yeah. And I get that when I see people at the conference too. And, and I always encourage that. I'm never gonna say, don't go try to do it yourself. I'm just gonna say, you're not a social media expert and you probably don't have time to do this because <laughs> some of it is very time consuming and some of it you don't have the skill for. So we we create all of this from scratch, most of it. But I don't again, if they, if they, you know, the point of yeah. today's conversation, if they felt like they wanted to do it themselves, we're going to try to arm them to do that. So what if they were going to do it themselves, what would you tell them to do? I would say definitely put it in a schedule, make it consistent. So what we normally do is we'll do a different type of, of post every day. That's what we try to do or several times a week. And if you think you're not going to have the time, don't start off with, I'm going to do this every day. Do it once a week to start. Right. Just be consistent and then move it up from then. If, you're, if you think it's easy to just find an inspirational quote to post on there once in a while, definitely do that. If you think it's easy to just put a definition uh, or a picture of your of the people in your office, absolutely do that. And then as you find you have more time or you know if you really want to take things up a notch, then add a different one and add, add a second and a third post a week. That's what I would say. But don't do it full on for two weeks and then uh, then don't do it for two more weeks and then oh it didn't work and then throw in the towel because so, so question about that. that. Do you do you recommend that they use a software to do that or just do it manually? Like, do they use, you know, the softwares that are out there? There's lots of them. One of the more popular ones is Hootsuite. Uh, Ron yeah, Ron don't do that. Would do you it. rather them do us do it manually? Yeah, because um, as you know, I had the LinkedIn business and we did use uh, a software and bots to do what we did. Right. And, you know, they are just getting smarter and smarter. That was the problem. They were able to detect the bots and they will penalize you by, you know, not putting your post at the top. It won't matter what you do. If you're putting it out there through, I mean, it's good to just get it. If that's the only way you can do it, then do it. You'll get something, right? But it, it's really better if you do it manually. And that's what we do. We that's don't do the anything. Point I, yeah. That's the point I wanted you to make that, you know, you and I have personal experience using bots. Yeah. Uh, and trying to automate it. And it, when it works, it works great. It's like a dream, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but, but it doesn't always, it, it's, at, at some point, the social media platforms catch on and they, as you said, penalize you. At, you know, in, in LinkedIn's case, they out, outright banned you from being able to post anymore for a period of time. Yeah. So you really got to be careful with automation. Now, let's talk about this next point. Use it everywhere, audience building and call to action. Let's talk about those. 
Well, use it everywhere. I mean, I've listed a lot of places that you can use it. There's five social media platforms. Just um, to be everybody's clear, what are the five? Clear, I, I typically do uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube where when it's a video. Yep. And so those are the main ones. Now, I know there's a whole bunch of other ones uh, that are coming out that are new that you, you might be able to get some information, you know, some something interesting off of. But, you know, I'm not going to be not going to do our TikTok <laughs> dance like we're not. Yeah. Gonna, is that, is that a, is that enough? Did I? I've had clients ask me, and it's like I I just can't do any more. Uh, I'm not going to try to figure like there's there's definitely a little. It's a little different with everything that you have. So, you know, different um, size uh, size pictures that you can use, and different amounts of words you can use, and so it's it's uh it's already got a lot of moving parts and it works so yeah, but the ones you mentioned are the 800 pound gorillas if you're going to get those right that's what you really want to, that's where you want to start so let's talk about this uh, audience building what is that i mean a lot of times with social media the audience gets built naturally yeah. because people find you because we have everything optimized as far as tags and you're being consistent and people are just going to start noticing. It's just like a newsletter. You're not going to see results right away the first month or two, but you know, you'll see it start to grow consistently every single week. And before you know it, you're going to say, wow, I've just added a hundred more people, 200 more people. And I didn't have to pay for it other than, you know, getting the content out there consistently and having it be quality. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. So uh, my, so Michael, as many of you know, my son, Michael, his primary business is the um, Wix Training Academy. So he has, he's the leading global leading influencer for Wix.com. Cool. Well, uh, he gets paid by that. And his, his girlfriend, Delaney, has decided she wants to be a YouTube uh, professional as well uh, on, as, on the side. So she's built like a French bulldog um uh video series where she talks she, she they own a french bulldog and so uh but now youtube says you know you have to get to a certain point of number of uh subscribers before they'll allow you to add monetization uh to your channel which means you can ultimately get paid on ad shares and, and subscriptions and things of that nature so but what's interesting is she started with the first video and she wasn't you know, it was, it was her roughest video. It wasn't the best video. And now she's on her, whatever, let's call it 30th video. And she's much better. She's a better professional and she's more engaging and she's developed comments and, and followers all along. And now she's just at the point where she's going to be able to add monetization, but there's no other way to, to, to build an audience than to do it consistency, consistently, as you said, post at the same time every week, the same day of the week, making sure that you're consistently putting your message out there, developing a formula and a format for your message. So I, I completely agree. These media platforms will start to build an audience for you. The more people that interact with your content, the more people that like your content, subscribe to your content, comment on your content, the social media platform loves engagement and, and they will then feed you back more visitors because you gave them good quality content that people were engaged with. Do you find that to be true, Erica? Yeah, I absolutely do. And I mean, let's face it, you can go and you can buy likes, you can buy uh, subscribers, you, you can go to websites and do that. And you know, it's there's click fraud and there's all kinds of things out there. If you're gonna build a fake audience, you're just not gonna convert. Right. I'd rather That's have the real point. I mean, the problem, yeah, doing that is not a good idea for so many reasons. One, if you're caught, you get everything gets shut down. Two, you, you know, it, it, you're building. You're not building the type of audience that's organic to you. You want to attract those people who you attract and repel those people who you repel. And it's so important to be able to do that organically. And and you you know we're going to be able to do it consistency. But but let's talk about getting. You know, this is one of my favorite topics. Getting there the name off of the social media platform, off of Facebook, off of LinkedIn, off of YouTube, off of Instagram and off of Twitter and onto your list, right? Because the most valuable asset in your law firm is your list and your relationship with that list. If you want more referrals, build a sizable list and communicate with that list regularly so that they'll be happy to give you referrals to your top of mind. If you offer multiple practice areas, your number one weapon to grow each 
particular practice area is to develop practice areas that are in congruency with your other practice areas and market those practice areas through relationships to your existing list. So in order to build a list, we can you know, build it, borrow it, or buy it, right? So we can build it by doing what we're about to talk about. We can buy it by advertising and we could borrow it by sending information to other people's lists. But let's come back to build it. When you build your list, you're basically saying, okay, I'm gonna take the person off of Facebook and put them onto my list by using what Erica puts here as a call to action. So Erica, are you finding that people do or don't use call to actions in their social media marketing if they're doing it at all? Well, some of my clients do, and I absolutely always suggest if you have a landing page, if you have some other call to action, make an appointment, you know, whatever. And, and I also suggest if, if something kind of dies out and isn't working as much, you change it up. You, if you have a new mini book or if you have a white paper, it, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It might even be, hey, watch my next video, you know, on this page, you know, and it, it can be special. How and about, how about? Out on YouTube videos or even, you know, um, anywhere really, I guess, but let's specifically stay with YouTube. You know, one of the things we talk about is whenever you're posting to YouTube, we should, um, what I learned this from Michael, is make sure we always say, you know, like, subscribe, comment, right? We're always asking them to engage with us. Is that, do you try to do that on all of your call to actions whenever you can to try to get them to engage? I mean, we do that sometimes. And if it's something where you can add it to the end of your video, they don't always watch to the end. <laughs> right. Um, I, I try to put a little blurb at the beginning sometimes. The beginning, right. Um, you, you could. I mean, there's just so many arguments about, oh, I don't want it to be longer. I want to jump right in. And, and there's truth to that too. So you really just have to test out what's good for you and your audience. Yeah, good. Uh, so call to action. So when you're talking about put you like if you're going to put an inspirational quote out there, we're not going to put an inspirational quote out there with a call to action or are you? Well, I mean, the inspirational quote is going to have your contact information on it and your logo. But in the written part where, you know, where your post is, there's the picture and then there's the written part. That's where we would have the inspirational quote and under that. Hey, if you would like information on our XYZ book you can go to this link and we can put that on anything. I mean, the only time I don't do that is maybe for like, we just had Patriot day yesterday. Mm -hmm. It seems a little tacky to have a call to action on a serious day, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I try to be careful with that, but most things you can add a call to action anywhere, anytime in the post part. Good. All right. So you move to the next slide. I'll do a little infomercial here just to make sure everybody who just may have joined, I saw we've had a few more people pop on since we started. Just so you know, we're talking about, you know, if you hate social media, like I hate social media, that doesn't mean it's not a valuable part of your practice. So we need to figure out how to use social media to generate leads for your law firm without driving you crazy. Uh, and I'm on with Erica Merrill, who in Perfect Legal Video, who's walking us through kind of some of the tips, tools, and tactics and strategies that she's used through the years working with law firms to help them figure out what kind of posts they should have. So these are some of the inspirational posts. Now, this is interesting because sometimes you just see inspirational posts on social media and you think, oh, you're just putting the quote out there. But no, you, you're actually making it visibly appealing. Is that correct, Erica? Yeah. And I know, and at the whole Dan Kennedy thing, things can be ugly <laughs> and, and those get noticed too. But sometimes on social media, you, you just want it to be stunning. And, you know, you can see where you know, some of these will have, you know, a call today. Like we started adding that to uh, attorney Robert Gellers um, and some of the later posts. And, you know, we do definitely have the call to action in the written part of the post. Um, so yeah, these are you know, some of my favorite ones. Um, but I have so many favorites every week. We try to, to make them as stunning as possible and as noticeable. Cool. All right. Good. What's next? I love it. Here's um, a few tips about testimonial marketing before okay. we show you the testimonial marketing ones. Yeah. Um, testimonial marketing is definitely one of the best ways to market your business. And, um, you know, one of the cool things that we've, we've done, and I did promise I give you a few new ideas. You can do this on your own through zoom is to have a panel discussion mm -hmm. and that can be with one of your clients. And so if you have a client that's willing to go on and talk about, you know, what their life was like 
before they met you, what they came to you for, what was the process like? And, you know, what is life like now? And would they recommend you? There's, there's usually just a few questions that'll get the best um, sound bites for, yeah. for marketing. Then you can take those sound bites and you can, you know, put those on individual posts and you can put them in writing and some of the places where you can't have video. And it, there's a lot of great things that you can do with that. And so um, we've had some really nice panel discussions with attorneys and even with embarrassing things like divorce or bankruptcy, uh, you know, there are clients that'll do it if you just ask. And, yeah. you know, and, and professionals too, it's, it's, it's worked out really, really great for, we use those in some of the sizzle reels now as well. Some yeah, I, flips from those. Well, I agree. I think what's interesting is most attorneys will tell you my clients won't, uh, well, my clients got, went through this particular thing, you know, sex offender case. Uh, so they won't ever give me their name. Let me use their name in the testimonials. That's not true. We've had attorneys who literally specialize in helping sex offender cases be defended. And those in those cases where they were successful in their defense, uh, there are people who actually are willing to put their name and their face as a testimonial for that attorney. You might think, oh my gosh, how is that possible? It's possible because we convince the attorney to ask. And so there's nothing more, you know, one, one thing that social media has done has made the transparency effect very, very high. So it used to be before social media, you can get away with putting somebody's first name or initials or something as their testimonial. Today, with all the review channels that are out there and the way that social media works, it's just not as credible. And so getting somebody to be part of your social media uh, testimonial platform, whether that be using their face, their name, their city, uh, coming on a panel and interviewing, uh, it, it makes everything much more believable and much more powerful. And I would tell you, all you have to do is ask. You're not going to get all yeses, but you'll get just enough yeses so that you can start down this process. And the better you get at asking, the better you'll get at getting yeses from your clients to use them in a testimonial promotion on your website, especially when you do it in a way, or not on your website, but on your social media. And so, especially if you do it in a way that brings value to your members, uh, to your clients, to your followers, so that you're sharing information. Because remember, those people who are wondering if they should do business with you have some emotional situation they're going through right now. And when they, you can have a conversation with somebody who's already gone through that. And like Erica said, what did look, life look like before? What happened to you? What did life look like as you were going through that? Why did you choose us? What does life look like now? That kind of formula. All of a sudden, you see this emotional component that happens and your prospects start going, you know, that's a firm I'd like to do business with because I like how they handled Mr. Smith, Mrs. Smith, whatever. So, Erica, you were going to share a picture of what some of the testimonials look like. Is that what you were going to do? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely am. I just wanted to mention really quick Please. that um, this is also where you can take those clips, turn them into, um, if, if you don't get somebody on camera, which is, is, is tough, but like back to that, if you get one person on camera, that's enough. I mean, right. you get one good one, you want to keep trying to add, but you just, if you can start with one, that's absolutely huge for your credibility. Um, but we've also turned the written testimonials into uh, engaging posts as well. We could turn them into video. They may not have the person's face, but they can see the words. And it's, it's really... Uh, emotionally jarring sometimes to see like, you know, what people write and, yeah. and to it, add the dramatic music to it and everything. It's, it just, um, it's just a new way to show people, you know, what you can do for them. Perfect. I love it. Take a, take a written testimonial, turn it into a video. So when you have video, when you have written testimonials like this, you could then take those words, uh, imagine, uh, you know, as simple as a black screen, white letters, and each line, let's say in that second testimonial is a screen and you can have those words up there. You can have music play, have the screen scroll, do a screen capture, create a video for it. And all of a sudden you've got a video testimonial that can be added to YouTube, optimized with tags, put descriptions, have call to actions and brand your firm. And so you can now, you know, this is what Kennedy always taught us, like whenever you make, you know, 
uh, a, a ham for Easter or whatever is your thing. Um, you take the ham bone and you make pea soup, right? Use as many parts of the animal as you possibly can. Don't let anything go to waste. When you've got a written testimonial, why not make a video out of it? I completely agree. Actually, anything else you want to cover one, here? Actually, for this one, for example, we'd always kind of make it match, but uh, I have B-roll of bees. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a beautiful video of bees and they're busy and it's kind of, and I've got, we've done elephants with African music in the background, talking about the intelligence of a law firm happened to be in the quote uh, for the testimonial. So there's just like a, a lot of interesting things that you can do to just instill, um, you know, you can just, the people will really like you and use you because they feel like they know, like, and trust you after they watch it. Yeah, it's perfect. Great. What's next? All right. So just a little discussion on, um, Blog. I'm, I, I'm blocking part of my own thing. <laughs> what are the benefits of expert interviews, panel discussions, vlogs, blogs, and podcasts? Yep. Um, so obviously, I mean, this is something you teach all the time. The first thing you tell people to do uh, is to you know write a book and it immediately turns you into a, an expert. And anytime I start a new service, uh, certainly when I started this new, new company, I wrote a book and now I have several books that have to do with social media video and, mm -hmm. and that helps because people walk away with it. It doesn't have to be big. All right. So you're a subject matter expert through, through everything else that you do, where you're putting your information out there and answering frequently asked questions. You are, if you're doing this on a regular basis, you're going to stay top of mind. Um, for referrals. I mean, we don't talk about it enough, but attorneys get a big percentage of their business every year from referrals. Mm -hmm. And so the other thing you can do with panel discussions is have some of those referral sources on and talk about, and we've done this many times, uh, you know, how, how does divorce affect bankruptcy and vice versa? Like what if, what if you're going through a divorce and you have to file for bankruptcy? Well, there's a series of questions that help people that are going through that one specific situation. And now you can use that video to help your friend, the divorce attorney, if you're the bankruptcy attorney, who's never done anything like this and they are forever in your debt, you're absolutely gonna be the first one that they refer if you invite them onto your platform where you're getting your information out there. It's just like you said, like you, sometimes you have to help other people before they help you. And, yeah. and this is a great way to do it. Yeah, no, no, using using the interview process to develop a relationship with your referrals and post it to your social media uh, is a great way to develop content for you, as well as developing, uh, you know, giving your your referral partner uh, kudos by positioning them as in, as your social media star in your content. And that's in the, the more followers you get, the more uh, fan, you know, the more likes you have, the more all the things that you have, and the bigger your audience is, uh, the easier it is to get better and better high quality credentialed uh, interviews for your, whether it be, you know, from a podcast to a blog, to a vlog, to a video you're going to post to uh, YouTube or, and or Facebook. And, and the reason for that is because the more people you have, the more the, that's more people they want to be put in front of. And so the better you get at this and the more you do it, uh, the better quality guests you'll attract. That's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've had clients tell me immediately when they started using the social media services and the interviews that they got more work from current clients. Right. So they got to upsell and, and get a little more work in there. And I've had some say that they've been all of a sudden magically asked to ask to, to be interviewed on other shows. And, you know, that's free advertising. And, and of, of course they look like an expert to their clients and prospects. So that's really good. Um, We've got about 15 yeah. minutes left. I want to let you keep moving through. If you have any other big tips you want them to pay attention to. Yeah. So this is what this would look like if you were advertising for doing some of the interviews and panels. So Valentine's Day dating advice from divorce attorneys. Love it. Uh, <laughs> COVID-19 and its impact on the economy. Great. I mean, it's right in line with what's happening in the news already. Top three reasons that people file bankruptcy, the two dirtiest tricks in divorce. I mean, this is, this is headline stuff 101, folks, right? So when you're driving... When you're trying to drive traffic to uh, your content using good quality headlines that get, you know, that 
I don't want to call it clickbait, but you know that's what people are facing, right? Uh, headlines that drag their attention. And no matter how much you know about uh, what marketing is trying to do, it still works. Like I don't read the news, but I do have a news feed that pops on my uh, on my phone. And you know, if I'm really really bored, and because I don't have social media, and I finished a book on my phone, and I'm looking at my phone, and I go to the news feeds. Interestingly enough. Clickbait and good headlines work for me too, and and, and I know what they're doing. Uh, so headlines are vital, uh, and and if I'm going to choose a headline to read, I'm going to want one that's interesting to me. And so the headlines talk to your divided divide audience. This is great. Uh, anything you want to say about this? Or you want to show them the next slide? I mean, I'll I'll just say some of these are panels, and some of these are just uh, posts that I made for an interview that I was just having with them, or even a blog. Yeah. I mean, the, the two dirtiest tricks in divorce, that was just a blog. It doesn't um, have to be a panel. Just because if you don't have a panel doesn't mean you can't do this, which is a great point, right? So yeah. to, to Erica's point, when you're if you're thinking about doing this yourself and you're putting content out there, use whatever you have. And oh, by the way, if you only have one thing, use that one thing over and over again. Just create different ads for it create different headlines for it, right? Eric, I would suggest you're not, you don't tell your clients, well, listen, I used that free report last last time, so we can't ever use that again. No, you you run multiple different ads for that same report, not ads, but posts for that same report, correct? Yeah, and in fact, even with testimonials, sometimes I'll just take a piece of a testimonial and then I'll take another piece of that same testimonial another time. And then maybe six months later, I'm using that same testimonial again. And it does, you know, it just, it looks different. I put different B-roll. I put, you know, I make it into a different post. No one's going to remember. <laughs> it's not always easy to have like a hundred testimonials. So sometimes you have to use what you have in different ways. And I love how you, how you brought that up, Rich, because that's absolutely true. Good. I'm, I'm well, I think this, that's a huge tip, right? Because I think people worry about running out of content. I tell, I tell people all the time, like, you know, uh, Michael's girlfriend, Delaney, we, Michael and I will talk to her all the time. She's like, I'm just, I feel like I'm running out of things to say. And, and our, my answer was, we'll go back to all the things you said before and say it differently, right? Just content can be delivered. I mean, this is, I've been doing this for a decade plus, right? This is not my first message about social media. Um, you know, Eric and I have had this conversation before in different formats, but this one looks different. This one feels different. This one has some more timeliness to it, right? It, you just have to create good quality content um, that is, is, could be repeated, but because it's different enough, it will either one, seem different to somebody who watched it last time, two, it'll be relevant to somebody new who it wasn't relevant to the time before, or three, somebody new will show up and to them it already is new. So don't be afraid to repeat content and market content through posts with just different looks. Absolutely. Let me move on to the next slide. There we go. Yeah, here's just some more examples. Yep, exactly. Um, and you know, there's there can be some little clever things going on in the background, but like I love these. I love that uh, what you should you should know about bankruptcy laws. This is pretty much the article is about education costs and and loans, and so there's a little bit of subtlety there. Um, you know, collateral consequences, it got dominoes on there. And I love this article 81 guardianship where the leaves are leaving, just like sometimes your memories leave and, you know, you don't have short-term memory anymore and, and you need help. And so there's like a lot of little subtle things that you can do uh, to make it more interesting. And yeah, so I mean, I think you, you, this is a great example of being get, getting good with identifying the proper visual aid. So let's, let me unpack that a little bit for them, because again, I know they can hire you to do this for them, but we are trying to talk about give, giving them the ability to do this for themselves. Like if somebody was going to go do this, I mean, you really can't just go grab any old picture off of Google because it's probably somebody else's property and you can't just go take it and use it without getting in trouble, I would imagine. Um, so how they have to, they have to use a, you, do you use a paid service or do you have people just going out to the internet, finding free use videos that they can use that, that create this stuff? Well, I'm not going to give out all my sources of what I do, Fair <laughs> but, enough. Fair enough. But, but I mean, obviously there's plenty of places where you can get, um, content that, you know, it, other people don't own. And so you want to make sure whatever you're doing, you know, don't just, you know, take screenshots and think that that's enough 
Um, everything I do is copyright free and you can go online and look for copyright free services yourself. I have to have copyright free for everything. The cartoons are from, you know, sometimes they're from the New Yorker or many other places, but I have a copyright free service. So I'm allowed to use it and yeah. I pay for it, you know, so same right. thing with the video. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous video. Uh, the B-roll, you know, we, we shoot our own too when we're on site, but with this, I buy it and it's expensive um, and I get it copyright free. Right. So the point is that uh, you can go out and do this yourself, but when you start to get, the more creative you start to get, you're going to have to piece together a bunch of the stuff, which is why you said it takes time, right? So to just, it's, it's more than just putting a post out there. You need to give some thought. So like even just one of these posts, if you don't have a service that does this regularly, you might take the whole week, a little bit of work every time just to do this post, or you might have an assistant that takes the whole week, a little bit of work every day, just to get this done and get it right in iterations back and forth. And so I'm not saying it can't be done, um, I, I, but I, I'm in many, many cases, it's not what I want you to be doing uh, as an attorney. I mean, if you're a brand new attorney who has no other business and you have nothing else to do and you have to go out there and, and do it with sweat and shoe leather, then by all means, put some effort into grading your organic uh, scenario uh, on your own. But as you develop revenue, part of what you need to be doing is not wearing the $15 an hour hats, right? We want you wearing the hats that generate thousands of dollars an hour. And the only way to do that is oftentimes work with partners that can help you uh, accomplish this with their expertise. So it, this is about infographics. Yeah. And the infographics, um, I'll show you on the next side, but like, this is where you can really get a very, it's very succinctly, um, a bit of information out there that is interesting to your audience. And so, um, we'll look at some of that. This is cool. Uh, can the police lie to you? Mm -hmm. I mean, people are going to go, what the police lie? <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> they, they lie to get what they want. And that's why you need a good criminal attorney. Um, how easy is it to file bankruptcy from home? You know, not everybody is aware that you can do things through Zoom. And even though I know everyone is using Zoom for everything, they may not be aware. They might think, well, I just can't file for bankruptcy because of the pandemic. Um, redemption, that's just educational on um, a video that we were doing. And this is one of the visuals that I have in a video that I also use to post for social media. So I always try to use everything over and over. Um, how to hire an attorney in Indianapolis. Um, this was really great. Um, tips and tricks when you're going through a divorce. I mean, it's eye-catching and people are definitely going to read it if they're thinking of going through a divorce. And then these are the different types of custody. I mean, not everyone knows that there are different types of custody. And, you know, we've, we've got it right here. It's easy for them to consume very quickly. Right. So an infographic is a piece of information that's boiled down to the nuts and bolts and made uh, a, to be visually appealing, but also simple to read and simple to follow. And so basically what you've done is, yes, you've used some imagery, likely, but there's more text on the page than there is with an inspirational quote or some other headline that's just driving you to go do something else. This is actually giving you a piece of information about the topic that they may be interested. And then if they click on it, it can help them take them to the next step or some way to get a free something or other, or give them a link that shows them or a phone number that shows them how to just call the office if they've got more questions. Again, just using information in a pretty format to create credibility by showing you know how much your firm knows to make things easily understandable to the consumer. Uh, and I, I love it. I think infographics are a great tool. And what I do too, with these that go in the videos that I happen to be using, um, mm -hmm. I will, every time I post it, I will push them back to either the podcast or the video version of that interview. And I'll say, hey, this is what, what is redemption? Hey, for more information on this, go to our video, to our video interview about XYZ, and I'll push them back. So they'll they'll usually get the, the original posts about the interview, but then they'll get two or three other posts that push people back if they didn't get it the first time. And so you never know what's going to click with somebody. Got it. All right. Announcements. Oh. And how, oh, yeah, this is a big one. 
Yeah, don't forget the announcements and holidays. I mean, this is more like kind of like the newsletter portion, but um, you know, if you have a special event coming up, uh, I would say attorney uh, Joseph Mara, he's got a lot, uh, you know, he's, he's always getting interviewed somewhere or he's got an award and we'll make a post for an award that he just got, or, you know, here we, he did uh, a really nice long interview. And we actually took some infographics, made some infographics from the interview information, but then we also made this announcement post. Yeah. So, so be, be, uh, you know, more PT Barnum, right? So whenever you've got something going on, you've won an award, you're going to be interviewed, you're going to be on a panel, you're going to be doing something, promote it, make sure people know what's happening. Also don't ignore, you know, have entering the conversation that's already going on in their mind, with holidays, uh, we pick and choose the holidays we usually communicate about. But yeah, making sure you're you're putting yourself out there and and entering the conversation that that they're already having, and find ways to to pivot off of the holidays or leading up to holidays to pivot over to different messages. Holidays are a great excuse, are a great not excuse, but a great uh, checkbox on your marketing calendar for what you can be doing with organic social media. What else do you have there? Uh, I, mean, I just, Erica? Erica, I just wanted to throw out. Forgive spice. me, like Amanda runs all of my stuff, so if I call you Amanda five times, that's why because I feel like I'm having a conversation with Amanda right now. So that's okay. I know it, it's it's marketing. Yeah. Um, we're all the same person. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, um, we've got a lot of great ideas, and you talk to it. So okay, so these are just some of the ideas for my favorite videos that I use in marketing, and they're not all interviews. Um, and many of you know this, if you've taken any of my mini books, um, but you know, things like product explanations, service explanations, the why work with us, they can be big fancy ones. Like you see on my displays, or you, it could just be you talking about some of the aspects of why people should work with you. What makes you stand out, um, testimonials, current events. We talked about client interviews, subject matter interviews, under expertise. I love talking about how to, how to hire an attorney. And as you saw earlier, we even made it an infographic post from someone's um, video that they made actually. Mm -hmm. So that was like one of the ways, the biggest myths, uh, that is a really good one. I'm sure there's a ton of myths in all of the different types of law. Um, the biggest mistakes people make, nobody wants to make a mistake in their divorce or their bankruptcy or anything else that's going to cost them tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars, real estate, you know, whatever it is. Um, process videos are huge. You know, if you are having somebody sign up for a book or an appointment, they may want to have a quick high from you. Um, thanks for hiring us, upcoming hearings you know, all the paperwork. So this was just a, a really good slide that I had that I thought might be helpful for folks. Um, a lot of this can also be used on social media and make great topics uh, to put out there. Yeah, this has been really super helpful uh, when it comes to putting planning out what kind of videos are you going to make. And again, you can make multiple videos on all of these topics. They just don't have to be one and you can just do them differently and it'll feel fresh and it'll feel new. Uh, Erica, time goes by uh, so fast. Yeah. We're coming at the end of our world. How, how, how would you, if people wanted to get a hold of you, what would you, where would you like them to go? Um, I would say uh, my contact information is on the Richard James website. Uh, should be there. Um, but you can contact me at Erica at perfectlegalvideo.com. Or you can give me a call. It's also on all of my information too, but it's 617-821-5565. And uh, I was told not to sell, so I didn't sell anything or, or put anything on here to drive you to something. So I apologize for that. I should have given out a free book or something, but please come see me at my booth next week and, and get something for free. <laughs> no, no worries. So just to be clear, it's Erica at perfectlegalvideo.com? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so Eric at perfectlegalvideo.com. Uh, I want to thank you for taking some time to share any final thoughts you have before we, uh, before we depart today, any last minute piece of advice we didn't give that you'd like to give? I mean, I would absolutely encourage everyone to just start small and, you know, don't overwhelm yourself. I mean, that is a lot of information I just gave you. Just pick one thing out of like the 20 or 30 ideas and just start small. And if you need help, certainly give me a call. We we have smaller things we can do for you. We have larger packages. I mean, we have something for everyone. So, 
great. I appreciate you and investing the time. Anybody who's thinking about social media, wondering how to do it, wondering how to improve the social media presence that they already have, if they're either doing it on their own or trying to figure out, okay, I know that this needs to be done and I'd like to have somebody else do it. I think you not only gave them great advice, but also a window into the fact that you know what you're doing. Eric, I really appreciate you being on today, being part of our family. And for all of you in EA Nation, thanks for participating. Thanks for asking questions. Um, I, I hope that you enjoyed the content today. I look forward to seeing all of those that are going to be at Partners Club Live uh, next week. For those that will be on virtually, we'll have the full hybrid event ready to go for you. And we'll take excellent care of you virtually as well. Thanks so much. Make it a great week. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I hope you learn something about a system that you could put into your law firm so you can build that law firm that supports your lifestyle rather than undermine your lifestyle. I hope that you feel like you're part of our community we call Entrepreneurial Attorney Nation. If you'd like to learn more about what we do around here, the best way to get started is to go ahead and go to our website, therichardjames.com. That's therichardjames.com and request a free copy of one of our books so that you can take the next step in learning how we can help you build your practice better one system at a time.